crochet bays. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Crochet Bays. I'm Jess. I'm Megs. And we are The, the Crochet, crochet Bays. And this, I don't even know what number episode this is, to be completely honest with you. I honestly don't either. Maybe 35, we'll, 36, somewhere we'll in there. We'll fix it in post. It, it feels like we have not recorded in forever, even though I know that's not true. I mean, we kind of haven't, though. Like, yeah, it it really has been a minute because we we got the last episode done well before vacation. My vacation because we yeah, wanted that's to make true. sure it was all done. Has so, it been like a month since we've recorded? Obviously, it's not been a month since they've heard us, but right. has it been that long since we recorded? It's certainly possible. It sure <laughs> feels like a while. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, truly, this this question is relevant. What's what's new with you? Um, I have a pattern releasing tomorrow, which is exciting. Which will already be out by the time everyone is listening. Correct. So I have a triceratops that I um, it's like a big one that you sew together instead of like my little no sew one. It's basically a big version of my little no sew Tilly the triceratops. So I have Gilly. The Triceratops releasing tomorrow, which, again, when you guys hear this, it will be already released. So if you didn't have a copy of that, go ahead and go get a copy of that. Heck yeah. Um, Thanksgiving is next week. Isn't that wild that it's already next Isn't week? Isn't that wild? I'm having a big Black Friday sale. Ooh. So my entire Etsy shop will be 35% off. Heck Yeah. So you all, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm really excited for Thanksgiving. Going to my aunt's house. Fun. Watching my mom's dog while they go on vacation. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> we're not really doing, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're doing the whole like go to families and have Thanksgiving, but I feel like it's still really low key this year. Our church is having two services on, um, this weekend as like our Thanksgiving service. So mm-hmm. we're pretty busy with that. Um, but not a lot of like crazy exciting things right now. Just, you know, counting down the days till vacation. Yeah. That's pretty much it. What's new with you? Oh gosh. Um, Christmas time holiday markets mm-hmm. are upon us. They really are. So um, I've got a two-day event starting tomorrow that I am not ready for. (laughs) You can do it. But it's happening. Um, Yeah, so obviously we went on the cruise. It was incredible. It was amazing. Um, We're going to talk more about it in an upcoming episode. Mm. Um, But I immediately got sick (laughs) when we got home from said cruise. Um, I I don't know some some little something was was floating around the cruise um, because there were quite a few people that were feeling yucky on like the last day mm-hmm. when we got off the cruise ship and it just kind of progressed and um, most of last week I just did not really 
get a whole lot <laughs> accomplished. Um, but this week has been more of a return to, <laughs> to normalcy. So I've been just trying to get in um, the groove of making all the making all the Christmas hot cocoa bombs. I've sw- like switched over to my Christmas flavors and um, sprinkles and all that fun stuff. So we've been making the peppermint stuff and the Grinch bombs, <clears throat> which for legal purposes are grumpy green guy bombs. <laughs> my beanies were called green meanie beanies. And I really, really love that. <laughs> should call them green meanie bombs. Green meanie bombs. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. Um, what else is new with me? I'm currently, this is one of the rare episodes where I am crocheting as we talk. You are. Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could crochet right now, but, but I don't want to have to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. This is a pretty I, mindless project. I, yeah. I'm not going to touch it, but I do have a project. Yeah. My um, mom, my mom sent me a picture a few days ago and was like, I would like a few of these. And it's funny. It's like she was reading my mind because I was about to text my family and be like, all right, if you got any Christmas crochet requests, like now's the time to submit your, (laughs) submit your requests. So I have time to make things for Christmas because pretty, pretty much my family knows by now, like I'm going to crochet them all something. So, and I, I like the challenge of, you know them finding something and be like "Ooh, i'd like something like this and it's like yeah. "Ooh, can i make that so do anyway. i have time to make that yeah exactly. you know what's funny is like you and the listeners and things are all like in crazy christmas mode right now already done already passed that did my christmas market for the year i'm in easter mode <laughs> so i'm like all about the pastels all about the springtime the bunnies the birds the chickens like that's where i'm at my next event is in March, and that's where my mind is. It's the biggest event that this organizer does every year. Um, so I'm, like, trying to get into that mode and get all of that done. Yeah. So I'm, like, everyone is, like, releasing all these amazing Christmas patterns, and I'm, like, they're so cute. I want them. But at this point, it doesn't make sense for me to go and, like, buy all these patterns I will, because a lot of them I really like, but I'm not even going to get to make them until next year yeah. because I am I don't have another market this year to make Christmas stuff for. Meg's is like, oh, you guys are making Christmas stuff? That's fun. I'm busy living in the future over here. <laughs> it's already Easter in our house, baby. <laughs> no, it is very much so Christmas in my house. I just don't want to stress prep a month before this market. Yeah. So I'm pacing myself. I'm making big stuff. I'm being strategic this time and actually like making multiples of even big items. Um, yeah. Cause that market is a week before Easter. It's the weekend before Easter. And I feel like that's going to be amazing. Yeah. So I'm just really focusing like right now I'm batch making um, the triceratops partially because I'm releasing the pattern, but then our other part is so that I can sell them at this market. So I've been making one in every like pastel rainbow color basically. And I'm not going to make multiples of each color, but now I have, I'll have six triceratops, but they're each going to be one pastel color. Right. And then I was thinking about getting those like big eggs. Have you seen those? Like the big Mm -hmm. ones where one side is like a color and the other side's yeah. clear. Yeah, yeah. And then just getting the grass and putting them inside of them and selling them like that. Yeah, that would be I really think cute. People would really like those. 
So that was my plan. That's what I'm doing, prepping for. I love that for you. Yeah, so I never even said what I'm making, but um, my mom sent me a picture of a, basically like the little crochet covers for a, a Swiffer. And she was like, I would like a couple of these. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll find a pattern. So I found one there. I mean, obviously there's, there's tons of them out there. And mm-hmm. I liked this one because it uses bobble stitches to kind of, I feel like that's nice for a Swiffer. You get a little bit of like grippy, a grip almost. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a texture to like pick up yep. stuff. And I don't know if she's using, like I'm using cotton, so it should be good either way. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like a mop situation or just for dusting, but Either way, I, I feel mean, like cotton's I a feel better like, choice. Yeah, I feel like acrylic yarn, whether it would be like a dust pad or a mopping pad, like acrylic yarn isn't really going to do do it, you know? Right. So, so we are currently working with that. And I'm on, I, I finished like the main section of it. I was going to say, you look like you're almost done with it. Around. So. Is it a pretty quick workup or has it taken you like all day? I just started on it today. So actually it's funny. (laughs) I've, I've been, um, working on this. Sorry. I need to like adjust how I'm sitting here because my, oh, now everything's falling over. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And I just like to point out, this is a weird setting. I know you guys can't see it, but she is not in her office. Not in my studio. And she's always, she's always in her studio she's just chilling on her couch right now I, and it's kind of a vibe she's got her christmas tree yeah. in the background all lit up she's got her beanie on she's all cozy my on the couch with a blanket <laughs> um this was the vibe that i needed today because my studio is a hot mess right now it's like literally a holding cell for all of my because we had life group last night and i needed all of my hot cocoa bomb paraphernalia out mm-hmm. of the way so we just shoved everything into that room and I'm like, I just can't, I can't record in there today because I don't have time to clean it. But like, I also don't want to be recording amidst the clutter and sitting by my Christmas tree and being able to crochet sounded like so much more of a vibe. So I was like, Michael, will you help me bring my, my podcast stuff out to the living room? Because I don't want to record in the studio. Um, but this is to go back to this project it is a pretty uh, fairly quick workup obviously the bobble stitches take a little more time but um it's funny because i've actually been record or i've been working on this over the course of two different podcasts today (laughs) because um uh, michael was on our friend's podcast today and originally he was just going to go and record it with my friend and or our friend and I was like, can I just like come with you? Because that kind of sounds like a vibe. I just want to sit in and like listen to um, this podcast. And he was like, yeah, he said you can come. So I brought this as my project and I just like crocheted silently uh, behind the scenes while they recorded their podcast. And now I'm continuing to work on it while we're recording our podcast. So cool. Yeah, so it's... I think it's really funny that you were all like, I can't record in my mess, as, like, you literally cannot see the floor in my craft room right now. And my <laughs> desk is an absolute disaster, and and I am 100% recording in chaos. So this gives you an idea of the two very different personalities <laughs> that somehow flow so well together. Uh, that's true. But also, like, literally, you can barely walk into the room. Like, I... 
I have stuff stacked on my chair. It was just like, I can't even get, I can't even get to where I need to go. You remember when you were a little kid and your room was so messy that you had to like make paths through it? That is currently how my craft room is. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I literally cannot. So it's, it's a lot. So what you drinking? Oh, just some coffee in, in one of my Christmas mugs, of course. Of course. It's a little um, red and black buffalo check, and it says Deck the Halls. Love it. It's Love a, it. It's a little Dollar Tree moment. <laughs> a little Dollar Tree moment. What about you? Oh, um... <laughs> Why was that so funny? I don't know. Just the way you said it. And it's not even like you don't, like, you do that little inflection all the time. I don't know why it was so funny in that moment. <laughs> um, I am just, you know, drinking some quality H2O. As you I should. Was, as I should. I was not feeling coffee tonight How because I had you? just had a large cup. I've been trying to cut down a little bit. I know. Once again, how, how dare you? How sinful. <laughs> I've been trying to drink like an eight ounce cup of coffee instead of a 12 ounce. Um, so I just had a 12 ounce cup before we start recording and I was like, oh, so I just need water. And that's okay because sometimes you need water. Yeah, I guess. Hydrate your body. And your mind. And your mind. <laughs> yeah. Your brain needs water, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's mostly true. Yeah. There's science in that somewhere. Sure. Mm-mm. So, that's what we're drinking. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect a little gr- science lesson in there, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meg Styles, the science gal. We, Meg, we're gonna Meg, have a new. Meg, s- Meg, Meg. <laughs> Meg's makes the science girl. <laughs> then we get a cease and desist from Bill Nye. <laughs> Meg's makes. <laughs> Crochet rules. <laughs> That's for a niche audience right there. Um, Please. Please Can we have a new segment called Meg's Science Corner where you like share something that's definitely not scientific? Like a, should I find like the most random unscientific science facts ever? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like share something oh. that's definitely not scientifically accurate. Email us and let us know if this is something that interests you. Did you know the ocean this. contains several dozen sharks? There are at least three stars in the sky. <laughs> The math ain't mathin' and the science ain't sciencein'. <laughs> I love the idea of this. I would do it too. I'm telling you, if people want it, we're Hey, doing that's it. merch. Meg's Science Corner. And it's like you with a little like Bunsen like burner and beaker. Yeah. And like that looks like a, safety that looks goggles. So, that sounds like some Breaking Bad stuff if I ever heard of it. <laughs> it's oh, Meg's no. Science Corner, not Meg's Drug Corner. <laughs> Although that is a way funnier (laughs) t-shirt. For legal reasons, this is a joke. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Um, I want to talk about (laughs) the Great Granathon again. Yeah. Because originally we kept saying we were going to put like a time frame on it and we just never have gotten around to that. Um, I 
as of this moment, have not laid out all the squares to really see how many we need. But I do know that we don't have enough. Yeah. So. People, we you, need you. We need you. Yes, you listening right now. <laughs> you in the pink shirt with the cup of coffee crocheting that sweater okay if that actually was you please send me an email and i'm sorry that would be amazing (laughs) have you ever seen the tiktoker who he his thing is he calls out people and it's like three very specific things three very non-specific things and then three like weird things there was one time where he was like and he goes good night to everybody except for and he'll be like girls that that make fall their whole personality (laughs) oops and one of them was girls named Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and they always pop up for me and they're so funny. I think he's hilarious. I love him. I can't think of his TikTok handle, but if I find him, I'll show him to you. Um, back to the Granathon. Right. Because I keep backtracking so bad on that. We definitely need more granny squares. Um, if you have made them and sent them in already this is not me asking you to send more so don't interpret it that way the ones you made are beautiful we thank you we're very excited about it we want to see a large variety from different creators in this that was the ultimate goal um someone actually had asked on my live because i did talk about it a little bit on one of my lives recently and she said if you have enough squares to make multiple blankets would you and I said, I think so, because it just gives us more opportunity to donate to a charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't quite decided on a charity. And I said, maybe me and Jess could compile a list and let you guys vote mm. so that you get a little bit of a say in who we donate to. So uh-huh. we'll come up with some that we think would be great to donate to. And then, um, and then you know, you guys can vote. And I'm putting this out there. It's not a hard and fast rule. I think it would be really cool to have this at a point where we could potentially um, auction it off right before Christmas so that we could donate to a charity around Christmas. That would be cool. I think that would be really awesome. Um, So if you have been like, I want to do this, but I keep forgetting, like now's the time. Send them in to me. My, um, My PO box is on my link tree right up top. Um, send them to my P.O. box. Um, if you're like, oh, I kind of want to do it, but I'm a little scared, don't be afraid. We're not going to criticize your work. I promise you we're not. Yeah. Your work is plenty fine. Um, or if you know somebody who crochets who doesn't listen to the podcast but maybe wants to be involved in that, it would be really cool to get them involved. Um, so ask them if maybe they want to participate in it. I We're okay with you making multiple squares. Um Kim was so lovely and made like 117 of them. And I'm not asking you to make that many. But even if you wanted to make like three or four, that's totally okay. We'll use them. So um, I would love to be able to donate to a charity for Christmas. I think that would be really fun. And I I know we talked about maybe some child loss um, organizations. But we could even consider doing like Toys for Tots or, or some type of like food shelf type of thing that happens around Christmas or like adopt a family or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe we could, we could gather the funds and, and instead of just directly sending money, we could adopt a family and buy them gifts with the money and send out, send that out to them. Um, That's an option too. That, that would be really, that would be really cool. That would be really exciting to do. So 
if that sounds cool to you guys, help us out. You know, tell other creators about the Great Granathon. Get them involved. We really want to... It would be really cool to see this done before Christmas. And I would... I mean, now that I brought up the adopting a family thing, that really excites me and kind of gets, like, me on fire for this. Because being totally transparent with you guys, before... I started my business. We were a single family income and many times I could not afford Christmas for my family. So my mom would supplement it or we would go um, and do things like adopt a family. Like our church has this program at our former church, not the one we're currently in, but um, had a program where you paid $20 and they provided like some, like a book, a pillowcase, socks, underwear, and a toy for every kid in your family. So that's what we had to do. And it was a very humbling experience because, you know, nobody wants to admit, like, I can't make a good Christmas for my family. But but um, our church was really awesome in the way that they made it happen for your family. And you were able to wrap everything and label it from mom and dad and or Santa or however you wanted to label it. And, and uh, we did that a couple times because we just didn't have any other options. Um, and, and thankfully now with my business, we're blessed that we don't have to worry about that. So to be able to bless a family, um, in that way would be really cool. And to do it as a community would be really cool. Right. To know that like you guys made this happen. Yeah. Like it's not just me. It's us as a, as a crochet community. Right. Would be amazing. Right. So just encouraging again, Reach out to other creators if they want to participate. Uh, reach out to people who maybe aren't in the, like, TikTok or Instagram or Facebook community. Um, like your, you know, your aunts, your mom, your grandma, or maybe you have a friend who crochets or whatever else. Or maybe some ladies in your church or just, you know, if you go to, like, a club or something. Or, yeah, that's or what if you work in a say. nursing home. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many people who crochet. It's so popular right now. It's it's a rarity to not find someone in your community that that uh, doesn't crochet. So that's my that's my spiel for the night. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk about Jess's market now because we talked about mine last time. So basically, we're yeah. gonna do the same episode, but this time from Jess's perspective in her craft show. And this is not a hot cocoa bomb one. It's a um. A crochet one. This was a full-on crochet one. And yeah. originally, this was supposed to be part of that episode. We were going to do, like, mm-hmm. three different things in that episode. And then mm-hmm. we realized once we got through sharing your market, we were like, oh, dang, this is already a whole episode on its own. So we decided to, to split them up into individual ones. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think our market recap videos are some of our most listened to episodes. Anyways, I feel like you guys really like these episodes and respond to them really well. So we are going to have a few of them and we're okay with breaking them up market to market. Um, Cause I think they give ideas and bring things up and give perspective and all that. Yeah. Too, so. It always sparks a lot of good conversation um, just around markets and, <clears throat> you know, having a crochet business in general. So yeah, I always look forward to these. So this is technically if, if we're doing the, you know, Point oh thing. This is technically market recap five point oh. Yeah, because yeah. the last one we did for you was four point Was it okay? Cool. So yeah, we're and there'll be a few more. I mean, there'll be more throughout the time span of 
as as long as the good Lord allows us to right. maintain yeah. this podcast. Yeah, um, we're going to keep doing them unless you guys are like, you know, absolutely revolt. And you're like, we yeah. don't want any more of them. <laughs> and then we'll probably be like, well, we're still going to do them. So deal with it. Suck it up. Or just don't listen, you know, and that's probably what you would do if you were that upset. But we don't think you're upset. We think, um, you know, judging by your feedback, you've been enjoying them. So (laughs) we happily present Market Recap (laughs) 5.0. Okay, so first question, I'm going to kind of mash these two together because I feel like they naturally go together. So when and where was this market you did? Yeah. Um, so this market was in September, mid-September. Um, it's like September 16th mm-hmm. um, in a city called, what, what, I don't remember if it was technically Romulus or Wayne. They're very close to each other. Um, it's kind of like the halfway point in between where I live now and where I grew up. It's very close to the airport, which is a reference for basically Meg's only. Um, <laughs> or if you live in Michigan. <laughs> or if you live in Michigan in the Detroit area. It's very close to the Detroit airport. Um, so this was an event that it's like a gift shop slash flower shop. And they have, um, they are like a boutique. They have a lot of handmade vendors in their store. Um, I don't even remember how I originally found them. It was just like a Facebook page where, you know, they were posting that they were looking for vendors. Um, I I don't sell my items in their store or anything, but they will do, um, pop-up events, mostly for their vendors, but then they open it up to other people as well. And so I did an event with them a few years ago. And then, you know, I've continued to get their like information when they're, when they're opening up new events. And so they basically, usually at the beginning of like the year or their season or whatever, they'll say, Hey, here's our events for the year. You can sign up for one or a combination or all of them. And I think they do a discount if you sign up for all of them. Um, And so I, when I originally signed up for their events, I signed up for, I think, two of them or three of them. And I think I did break it down where I was like, I want to do some of these crochet and some of them with my hot cocoa bombs. Um, and I couldn't remember if this event, when I had originally signed up, if I had said that I was going to do it for crochet or hot cocoa bombs. But when it got down to it, I was like, it is way too warm, (laughs) way too warm for me to try and sell hot cocoa bombs. And I just wasn't like ready to start that season yet. So I reached out to the um, event director and I was like, hey, I don't remember if I signed up to do crochet, but could I do crochet? Because I I will not be able to come if if I can only bring my hot cocoa bombs. Um, And she was like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm glad because mid-September... Um, it was just, it was still very, like, it was still like summer, basically. Um, so it was in a park that, um, it was all like on the grass. They had us kind of spread Mm -hmm. throughout the park. Um, and yeah, I think I Uh, answered. Yeah. Yeah, you did. (laughs) What was your vendor fee for that one? Oh gosh, it wasn't much. It was it was like maybe twenty or thirty dollars. Oh, okay. Love that. We love a cheap vendor fee. Yeah. I think you kind of you I mean you kinda already like elaborated on the weather, but you could go a little more if you wanted to. Yeah. Um I will say it was not a windy day, 
which is always nice because that's felt like that's, you've had a few of those lately. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I have hit my quota of wind. Of okay? windy I don't days. need any more wind. You know what? I actually haven't even looked to see what the wind is going to be like this weekend. <laughs> please, Lord, please let it not be crazy. Anyway, it was not windy that day, which was um, is always a blessing, mm-hmm. but it was definitely warm. Um, it wasn't like a sweltering hot day by any means, but like the whole th- the whole time I was thinking in the context of like, man, I'm glad I didn't try and do hot cocoa bombs because yeah. everything would have melted like completely. Um, but it was sunny. It was warm. You know, by all standards, it was the, uh, the perfect weather for a market. I feel like September was weirdly warm. It was unseasonably warm for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. How was the foot traffic? What was that like? Honestly, really good. Um, it's unfortunate because the next event I did of theirs, I did bring my hot cocoa bombs and that one was like the direct opposite of foot traffic. It was really, it was really bad. And I was kind of thinking it was going to be the same as this one, but it was not. So that was unfortunate. But, but this event was very well attended. They had, um, they, they had a lot of stuff going on. It was, um, they called it scarecrow fest. I think is what it was called. Let me see. I, or wait, yeah, Scarecrow Fest. Um, so it was like a fall festival kind mm-hmm. of event, um, and they had a lot of cool stuff going on. So there was, I would say, like it was like a like a medium sized event. There was probably like forty, thirty to forty vendors, um, several food options. They had. Um, I think it was like little mini horse rides and like a petting zoo. Um, Cute. <laughs> they had a church that came and set up and did a bunch of like uh, games and like pumpkin mm-hmm. painting. Um, and there were a few other things. So it was really like, and they had music and stuff. So it was, it was a really well put together event. Like there was a lot of different stuff happening that day. Um, so the event itself was, was pretty well attended because they, they had a lot of, it wasn't just shopping. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so walk us through what your setup looked like. Okay. My setup was a little hectic. <laughs> <laughs> um, that never Usually happens. I like to be really clean and concise, and I like to go in having mm-hmm. a very clear and concise plan of exactly how I want it to be and usually I'll do the whole like mock setup in my driveway and I'll get Mm -hmm. everything exactly right and that just did not happen this time around I was really thinking I was gonna have my hot cocoa bombs and then when I decided like oh no this is gonna be a crochet market last minute I did like zero market prep I didn't make a single thing specifically for this market it was literally all inventory that I had from my market in when was it June May yeah something um, like that. Mm-hmm. it was all <clears throat> leftover stuff from that market um and I had I had plenty of inventory and so I was planning on just basically doing an exact replica of my previous market and just setting it up the same but what threw me off is when I went to pack up my stuff like the day before and I was grabbing things from the garage I totally forgot that I had this entire giant bag of inventory 
from the boutique that I had my stuff in that closed. Oh, yeah. So I had an entire bag of like all the stuff I had in the store that that like hadn't sold when they closed. Mm -hmm. And it had just been sitting in there and it was all this extra inventory. And some of it was like cool stuff that I didn't have. Yeah, I didn't have any of it in my other stuff that I was bringing with me. So I was like, oh, I want to set some of this stuff out. So then it was like, once I got there, I was trying to decide like in the moment what gets justified to like, what should I put out? What should I not? Because like it would have been way overcrowded if I had tried to put everything out. Right. So then I was trying to figure out like, what do I want to put out? What do I not want to put out? And then the stuff that I wasn't planning on setting out, like where should I put it? Because I don't specifically have a place for it right now. Um, And then I also didn't have like uh, price signs ready to go for everything necessarily. Like I had the items that were in the store had barcode stickers on them and prices from the store. So I had to like take all of those off Mm -hmm. and then add new prices because the price in the store were adjusted to account for the commission that the store took. So like that wasn't the price I wanted to price it for these events. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like there was just a lot of extra steps that I wasn't anticipating during the setup um, that just like changed kind of the outcome of everything. But anyway, basically I had my two tables. I have um, an eight foot table and I have a six foot table and I had them just basically like in in an L shape. my like checkout register was at the corner of like where the two tables met um the longer table was along the side of the tent um and then the shorter table was along the back of the tent and then i had the the my register in kind of like that back corner Mm -hmm. um and then i did bring my um michael built me a pegboard display it's like a one of those like kind of easel stand like sandwich board type deals with pegboards on either side um so i had that opposite of like the l l shape of tables um and that was kind of like sticking so you could you could stand at the edge of like my booth and and you could see the one side and then you had to come inside this the tent to see the other side of the pegboard um so i had a lot of like trying to think of what i hung on the pegboard itself I had some bags um I had some dishcloths that have like the little loops so I just like hung them on the pegboard um one of the things that I did put on that pegboard as kind of an eye-catching thing is that pumpkin granny square bag that I oh made. yeah that was cute yeah I put that just like purely as an attention <clears throat> grabber because I knew I probably wasn't gonna Unless the right person happened to come along, I didn't necessarily expect to sell it, but I figured, hey, this might get people to stop and, you know, come in. And it did. It worked. Like, there were several people that were like, oh, my gosh, this is so cute. Um, and then my um, my mandalas I had kind of hanging around the perimeter of the tent, which was also kind of an mm-hmm. eye-catching thing. Um, and I just had – most of the stuff was kind of spread out on the tables and – you know, I have like my three tier shelf and a few different things to, to so that everything's not just laying flat on the table. Um, but in general, it was just a lot of the stuff that I typically like to make and have a lot of home decor and accessories. That's that's mm-hmm. pretty much the majority of it. So, 
Yeah, you pretty much answered the type of items offered, so I'm just going to skip over that one because you said that already. Yeah. Um. So overall results. So <laughs> sadly. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. Uh, but this is a great learning experience because we've talked about really successful markets and now we're talking about one that yeah Meg's are the successful markets and mine are the ones that aren't (laughs) (laughs) Um, so okay it was not great Um, numbers wise it was not great I actually don't even remember this like I I don't think I would share the specific number anyway Mm -hmm. Um, but and I, I, which is fine because I straight up don't remember what it was. Um, but it was not great. I was, I was a little bummed. Um, and I think that the reason there, I think there were a few reasons for that. Um, I still think even though there was a little more chaos, (laughs) it wasn't even chaotic, but like, it just th- there were more steps that I wasn't anticipating in the setup. I think even though all that stuff happened, I still think that I had a clean looking setup. So I don't uh-huh. think that it was just that like my tables looked overcrowded or disorganized and so people weren't stopping. I, I don't think that was it. It's always hard to be like it's hard to look at it with a fresh set of eyes when you're the one who like made all the choices, you know what I mean? Right, right. But um <clears throat> I was one of I think five crocheters at this market. Yeah, that can be tough sometimes. One of which was next door to me. Oh, yeah. that Okay, so I'm not – I mean, you – I think I've preached it on the podcast before. I don't think people should let that intimidate them. You know, right? It doesn't your necessarily product. mean I did right because I did that market and there were five of us there and I did fantastic. Right. It's one of my best markets, but sometimes it just doesn't go that way and. This is a great example of, I think you can kind of blame it on the organizer a little bit when you put two next to each other. Right. Yeah. I, I felt like I kind of was, did a little dirty. <laughs> um, I also was the last, like the very last tent. Mm-hmm. So if people were going to buy crochet stuff, they pretty that much... Had already bought their crochet stuff. Um, And I will say at least there was a, there was a variety of crochet. Like there were, I think out of the five, um, I was doing a lot of the home decor and accessories. The person right next to me, unfortunately was also doing. So like her aesthetic, her vibe was not the same as me as at all. Like mine is much more of like a boutique like really aesthetic right. cure. You're like very bohemian, very neutral right. colors, right. earthy. Hers was much more of like a like and this is absolute like this is it is what it is. This is not me saying mm-hmm. like mine is better. They're just different. Um right. you know like how there'll be some where you can tell it's like it's a grandma who's retired and she makes stuff and then she brings it to markets to sell. Like that yeah. was that yep. was the vibe. Um so a lot of like, you know, dish towels and like yeah. hats beanies and blankets and stuff um and and her work was good it's it's not like it was bad or anything just different mm-hmm. um there were I think two that were doing Amis and then there was one girl that was doing 
like flowers like that was her big focus was like crocheted flowers that's and cool. also i think i don't know if it was the girl who's doing flowers or someone that was doing amis i should have stopped and talked to them it's not like my table was <laughs> busy um <laughs> but i didn't i chickened out but homegirl was like a literal child she was like 11 or 12 years old and she was running her booth and and i saw people walking around with her stuff so like oh my gosh good yeah. for her it almost bums me out that we didn't have that mindset of like interview people because mm-hmm. could you imagine if we got permission to interview her from her parents? Mm-hmm. That would have been so dope. She had her own little banner and everything. I love that. And she had her little Aww. like fanny pack where she was making change. I was like, yes, girl, get it. I love um, that. That's so cool. Yeah. So, you know, it it was anyway, so there there were a lot of crocheters. Um I do think too, the person next to me was she was making character hats like paw patrol mm, and stuff yeah. which is like yeah. that's always gonna of, sell but it's kind of like kind of irks me a little bit because like i know it's against the rules and of course people are going to get more excited about paw patrol right. than they are about something that's just a general thing you know so right. i could hear people like one tent over being like oh my gosh this is you know whatever like you know naming characters and stuff right. and i'm like dang i know i would sell more stuff if i leaned into that but i'm such a rule follower that i'm not gonna do it and the thing the thing about it too is like and this this is where it was unfortunate for you like if you were sat next to an ami person there would be no issue with you two being next to each other exactly because it's just totally different i mean you you see it even on TikTok. Like, there's the wearables, accessories, home decor side. And that's a totally different side of TikTok than the Ami creators and things. Like, mm-hmm. if you really think about, like, even me and you, you know, we do have some people that overlap between, like, our lives and our following and stuff. But we have very different followings. Yeah. I mean, I, there's people who come into mind and they're like, I don't even know who Jessica is. And that's not like, like a jab at you because I know there's people who go into your lives and they don't know who I am either because they're just (laughs) on a different side of crochet talk than, than I am versus you Mm -hmm. are. And that's what it just comes down to. It isn't like, oh, she's irrelevant. She's nobody. I don't know who she is. It's (laughs) she's irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) Take that Reddit. No, it's, um. It's, it's simply just, you know, I'm not on that side of crochet talk. Like, I, there's maybe, like, Jessica and Be Unique Boutique are, like, the only wearables, accessories type of crocheters that I honestly see on TikTok. I just don't yeah. see them. I just don't see them. Because I'm so ingrained into the Omegarumi side that that's who my algorithm shows me. That's the lives that pop up. That's the videos that pop up. You know? Yeah. So it's like, like those two are so, obviously they're both crochet, but I feel like they're just so different art, different arts they really that, are. that you would do fine sitting next to you, to each other because there's people who want the home decor and the hats and the beanies and the wearables and things. And then there's the people who want the plushies. And even I would argue that people who make Amis with like acrylic and worsted weight and DK weight yarn is a whole different ball game from like the chenille and the blanket yarns mm-hmm. because a lot of the chenille and the blanket yarn stuff is a lot more like kawaii and um bright and colorful and 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 obviously it's 
very soft and things. And I'm not, that's not me dogging on acrylic yarn at all or Ami's like that because I really do like the aesthetic of how it looks. Um, a lot of the times though, when you look at like the acrylic stuff in Amigurumi, it seems more decor-like or like action figure, like something I display versus play with. Um, right. Or it's a lot more like boho, sad beige baby that's it and everyone laughs and you know what's funny is i don't say sad beige baby as an insult i know it's kind of a joke but like i love that aesthetic I, yeah i love it if i, I were was, to make amis that's the kind i would make totally totally <laughs> uh, and i when i started out making amis before i got into larger yarns and plush yarns and all that i did i made the sad beige baby dolls that's what yeah. i did so it's just like, even being next to someone making, like, someone who makes the stuff like I do with, like, Parfait Chunky and Sweet Snuggles Light and all that versus somebody who makes acrylic stuff. Like, I feel like we could be even be next to each other and it would be such a different vibe. Right. It just, it just, you know. Two completely different yeah. genres it, of, of shopping, even. And you just got dealt crappy cards in that situation. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Like the my placement and like as far as like the lineup of how mm. people were kind of snaking through all the tents, I was basically the final stop and then being next to someone else who sold similar stuff. And I don't mind telling you guys because I will be 100% transparent and you know that I am a real human being and not a perfect um, saint. I had a little prideful moment when we first pulled up and I started unloading where I was like thinking you know I kind of like caught a glimpse at some of her stuff and and just her setup like it was a little mix matchy and not as like Mm -hmm. clean cut and I remembered thinking like oh I feel bad because people are probably gonna like prefer my setup over hers and then she totally did way better than I did and I was like oh never mind Got humbled a little bit in that situation. But in reality, we've all been there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never been like that. I I have definitely had moments where I'm like, is their stuff better than mine? Is my stuff better than theirs? Like, and I get nervous and I get in my head and I suck myself out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it isn't about whether your stuff is better or worse than theirs. Um, It's about being confident in your own product and being excited about it. Because if you're sitting there all like, oh, I'm not going to sell anything because somebody else is here and their stuff is better than mine. Your customers are going to s- get that vibe from you. They're going to see it written all over your face. And they're going to be like, I don't want this stuff. Right. Right. And I did, like, I did have a friend with me. Um, She came and helped me set up. And she originally was only supposed to stay for a few hours, but she ended up staying for the whole thing and helping me tear down and load up. And That's it awesome. was like, it was a huge help. Um, and so like, since I didn't put like any prep time into this event, I really tried to go into it with like very little expectations yeah. because I just didn't, you know, so it's not like I had these huge high hopes that I was going to be making a thousand dollars at this market or something. Um, it, I just kind of was going into it like, well, my friend's coming. We're just going to like hang out and have a good time. And we did, we had fun. We joked a lot. We had tasty food <laughs> and it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, this is not really going to be a day where I'm making a lot of money. Um, it's just mm-hmm. going to be kind of a, a day hang to out. hang out, yeah. which is, which is basically what it was. So 
And if you really think about it with the booth fee that you had, I mean, that's what you would have paid for a meal to hang out with your friend, right? Right. Maybe a little less, but like you went on a girl's date. So it's really when you, when you look at it from a bigger picture, you're like, okay, yeah, I I meant to make money here and that's a bummer. But like, if I were to just go out and have lunch with her or go shopping or whatever, I'm probably going to spend about the same as this booth fee anyways. So. Right. It was, you know, it worked out. Um. I'm going to do this one two-part also. Okay. Uh, so what would you consider your best seller in this market and an item that you thought would have done well that didn't? Um, I should have looked up my, like, sales report so I could see exactly what I sold. I, I think I sold a couple of headbands like actually your pattern your boho headbands you know what you're right because you were telling me you did yeah i i know i sold one of them and i think i sold two of them which (laughs) is my best seller (laughs) that i sold two of something basically um (laughs) and yeah i'm trying to remember what else what else i sold it wasn't much um but that i i think that was probably the best seller um Uh what didn't sell that i thought would have i know i had a i know i had a good response to my mandalas at my last market and um not only did i not sell any they weren't as much of a draw as they as they've been in the past yeah as they've Interesting. been yeah usually like that would really bring people over and they would you know really take their time looking at them and talking about how like oh they're so pretty and there wasn't as much of that. And maybe it was just because I had more stuff out that it wasn't as, like, Prominent. it didn't stand out as much. I'm not sure. But um, I did not sell. I don't think I sold any of the mandalas. Huh. That's surprising to me, too. Uh, what do you think went well? Not in terms of, like, obviously what you sold, but just in general about your market. What do you think went well? Hmm. Um, I had fun hanging out with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jessica, you're trying so hard. Like, no, that's fine. That's okay. Sometimes, sometimes we have markets that are just a bummer, and it's you don't have to. I mean, I don't think we should have a bad attitude about it because that's how people end up quitting. But it just sometimes it just sucks. And okay, it just so is here's what it is. yeah. So here's what I'll say: what went well? I I gained some clarity from this market on something. And this is going to sound like a bummer. <laughs> I hope this episode doesn't come across as a big bummer. Um, although sometimes that's just, that just is what it is. And, and that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's, here's the clarity that I gained from this market. And Megs might be mad at me, but I don't think I'm going to do crochet markets anymore. <laughs> um, I just like, Okay. You tell me if I'm totally off base on this. I feel like I see a lot of my friends who sell Amis mm-hmm. and it's like gangbusters at markets and they do really well and they're like flying off the table. And then I see friends who do regular crochet stuff and they're like, I can't sell a dang thing. And I've felt that I've seen that at the few markets that I've done. Yeah. And have I given it a fair shake? No, I haven't. But markets take a lot of time 
and energy yeah. and planning mm-hmm. more so with crochet than I think some other handmade things like my hot cocoa bombs that I can crank out and it's it's not a big deal but crochet I mean you have to spend a lot of time really intentionally planning and preparing and making your products and it's sometimes not always super intuitive to know like okay what do I do with all this leftover stuff if I don't sell anything right I've I've got bins and bags and just tons of stuff that I'm like what am I gonna do with all this yeah and I mean that's true even in the army world that just that happens right so but I just um for, this is for me personally. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't want somebody that's mm-hmm. experienced a few bad markets to say, oh, if just is done, then I need to be done, too. That's not what I'm saying. Right, right. For me personally, I've learned, I think that time and energy that I've been spending on, like, how do I make markets successful? Mm-hmm. I would rather, for me, put that energy into growing my the laser engraving side of things for me. Because that is something that I know people want and need and appreciate. And it's something that I can do with a lot less, like, risk on my part. Yeah. Um, and so I just, um, I think for me, I would rather leave the markets to, like, my hot cocoa bomb season and take that same effort that I could put toward the crochet and put it toward the engraving totally um I think that's kind of I think this last market was just me going yeah you know I gave it a little bit of a I gave it a little bit of a shot and it was like your confirmation I think that for me it's maybe it maybe just isn't for me yeah I love markets yeah I love doing markets but I think the crochet side of things may just not be my jam these cats are being so noisy (laughs) <laughs> I can hear him. <laughs> yeah. Will you please feed that cat so he will stop? Screaming. This episode sponsored by Dunk. Temptations, treats. And Hotch. Yes, and Hotch. So I don't think you're all... Like, I don't disagree with you is what I'll say. I think that there are a lot... Plant, not a lot. I guess I don't know a lot because, like I said, I'm not on that side of crochet talk. But... I think there are plenty of of people who make wearables, who make accessories and things, who do have success at markets. Yeah. I think Amigurumi has really taken the world by storm. I think that's really become the more popular crochet side in terms of with society in general. They see it and they're like, these are so cool. I just, I feel like... More recently, the Ami side has just become so popular that that is what people gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, on the other end of it, from what I see, and now I'm obviously not an expert on the accessories, wearable, all that type of side. But from what I see, I feel like if you're jumping into that side, you really have to focus on trends and not aesthetic and what you want to make as a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reasoning for that is simply just because, you know, like a lot of wearable and accessory things for the amount of time it takes to make them and the cost of materials and the pricing you have to pay, people just don't value the work put into it enough to pay the cost of it. Whereas like I can make a small little plushie and charge eight, 
five, you know, five, eight, ten dollars for it, and people will buy that, um, and turn around and make a profit off of it. And I know there will be people who are out there arguing like you can't profit off of a five dollar pocket item. I would argue differently, but that you know, it just depends on the people and where they stand, what they do. Because obviously, my primary source of income is not selling finished items, right? Um. But we can get away with selling like the little pocket items. And then there are people who want to spend a little bit more on the bigger items too. So I, I definitely don't want anyone to feel discouraged if they're just not into amigurumi or feel like they have to get into it to be successful at selling because that's just simply not true. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think you have to focus on what's trending um, because like, Really, that's what we do. You know, like we, if you watch these crochet groups, a lot of the times the comments are, okay, Christmas time, what is your most popular items? What are your most popular $5 items? What sells the best? What's your best sellers? Like we talk about best sellers all the time. So we bounce off each other to figure out what's trending, what, you know, like when the government announced aliens were real. I was like, aliens, aliens, people, I have alien patterns. (laughs) Like... And people were selling alien patterns because aliens were trending. So it's just, I mean, you really got to think about that. You know, like in the fall, a lot of people make pumpkins and things like that. Christmas time, we're making a bunch of snowmen and gingerbread men. Like, like, Ami people really do follow trends a lot. Whereas I feel like maybe, and, and obviously, again, there's always exceptions to rules. And I'm not totally in this world. So I'm not going to speak on this like it's gospel truth. Um... But I feel like maybe there's a lot more of like, this is my aesthetic. This is what I focus on versus versus like, I'm going to follow the trends of what people are into right now. Well, and also like, I feel like the world of wearables and accessories and home decor, way more broad of a spectrum than yeah. like plushies. Yep. There's only so many plushies you can make. There's only so many animals. <laughs> there's only so many fish and like, you know, little things. But like, there's almost endless possibilities of directions you could go with you know your like more standard crochet stuff I mean there's so many different so many different things you can make and so it it gets a little overwhelming of trying to figure out like what direction you want to go um I think the like vicious cycle that I tend to get caught in is like I don't want to I I think that if I were to do a big event, a yeah. big fe- with tons of foot traffic and lots of people coming to shop and you know a, a, an event where it's known to have, you know, artisan stuff and and people come to buy handmade goods, I think I would do well at something I, like that. I I agree. I think that you really have to be strategic in the type of markets you're doing with wearables and accessories and things. Right. And yeah. so the the place I get stuck in is like I like that's a huge commitment to say I'm going to do this 4-day art fair that has yeah. thousands and thousands of people because okay, well now I have to make you know, so much inventory to be ready for this. Yep. And, I and a lot of pay. the times those type of markets require you to make sure you have plenty of products so that you, so that you don't sell right. out. They don't want people selling out day one. Yeah. So like, and then you're talking about, you know, potentially $600 or more for your, 
you know, for your booth, depending on the event. And that's a huge commitment to make without knowing whether it's going to pay off or not. So for me, it's like, I know if I really want to, if I really wanted to see success for crochet, selling finished crochet items at markets, that would be the direction I think I would need to head. Mm -hmm. And I can't, like, that's just something that I can't commit to right now. And it's it's not something that I even really want to do right now. Yeah. Um, well, if your so heart's then I not up, there, it's not worth it, right? Right. You're just so burn then I end up out. doing smaller events because it's like, oh, I can manage that. But then it mm-hmm. flops. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, okay, and it's so just, then that's not worth it either, you know? Right, so it's like, right. That so I think I just kind of was tossing those things around in my brain and just going, you know what? I think that at least for right now, I'm not saying I'll never do another crochet market ever again in my life, but I think for this season right now, it's just something I'm going to shift away from. And then we'll see maybe later on, you know, things change and I, I might want to give it another shot, but Mm -hmm. definitely. So two thoughts while we were talking about this, the first one is, um, I think, I mean, I've preached it many times in my lives. I've preached it, I think, on the podcast. Like, you don't have to do everything, right? Like, you're making tags. You're, you know, you're crocheting for fun. You're taking orders. You're doing hot cocoa bombs. And I know you don't do that all year round. But, like, that that's a very exhausting and large prep period mm-hmm. um, in the holiday seasons and stuff. Like, but I tell people all the time this. Like, if you want to sell finished plushies, that doesn't mean you have to be a pattern designer. That doesn't right. mean you have to sell leather tags. It doesn't mean you have to sell crochet hooks. It doesn't mean you have to do this. It doesn't mean you have to do that. Like, if you want to take customs, that doesn't mean you have to do markets. So it's like, I think we we almost get stuck on this whole, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing commissions, so now what's the next step? Now I got to do markets. What's the next step? Now I got to sell a crocheted item that appeals to other crocheters. Now I got, and that's not true. And I think that's where people get hung up. Like, obviously, some people can do multiple things. I do markets and I sell patterns. But I think the difference with the market thing is I'm very picky about the markets that I do. Mm -hmm. I do go after the very large ones and I don't do... You know, I don't do one every month. I don't do multiple in a month. I do four to five a year, period. And the only reason why I do four to five a year is because I do my dad's shows and they're little and it's the least expectation I have and it's a $10 booth fee. And I do it not to make money, to spend time with my dad and because right. he enjoys my stuff there. So it's it's a little bit, like, that is a little different. But, like, I focus on these large markets. So, like, I just did this large two-day one. Now I'm doing a large one in March instead of trying to find one in December and February and, and all these things. I went, okay, I just did this large one. Now we're going to wait a few months, prep for this other big one. And then, honestly, what will probably end up happening from there is that I'll go into this big one in March. I'll probably do my dad's two shows. And if I get into the Renaissance Festival, that's going to be my whole summer. Mm-hmm. And my dad's, I could bring a couple hundred dollars worth of inventory and that's all I'm going to sell. And I know that's all I'm going to sell because right. it's just a tiny little nobody town with not very many people. And that's okay for me. I don't have yeah. a problem with that. Um, so I just, I mean, I guess I would just encourage people to remember, like, you don't have to do everything in the crochet world to be successful or make money. Like, find the part of it you love and really dive into that and find your audience and figure out how that works for you. And I think that's kind of what you're coming to in the conclusion is Mm -hmm. that like, that's maybe not 
not your niche within the crochet world. On the other end of it, I think wearable decor accessory people get the short end of the stick because big box stores, and I'm not going to say names so I don't get sued, but I am going to throw <laughs> some shade here, are buying crocheted stuff from sweatshops. And and that's yeah. just that's just cold hard facts. There's it's mm-hmm. not it's not or even if it's not true crochet they're they're putting out stuff that they're has mimicking it, the look it of crochet right they're yeah. trying to mimic crochet because they see that it's in right now so you're right because like, it's and, trendy and your average person isn't going to know the difference correct so i go into this big box store and i look at this this winter beanie and it looks like it has granny squares on it and sometimes it is and sometimes it's not mm-hmm. so it, it just but it looks very similar same with like tops like we'll see these like little like vests, like sweater vests or tank tops and things. And like, and they're priced so ridiculously low yeah. that nobody, I mean, it doesn't even cover material costs for a, like a maker. Mm-hmm. And and you, we don't see that happen with crochet. Like it, they just don't make the Amis. And, I, and I'm thankful that doesn't happen. I'm not really sure why it goes one way, but not the other. I think maybe just because in the fashion world, crochet tops and things started to become trendy. But yeah, um, you don't, walk into a big box store and see crocheted Amis. Right. So, but you do with clothes and you do with beanies and you do with that type of stuff. So I feel like that hinders you guys and it sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other end, AI is really screwing with the Ami world too. Yeah. I know we're kind of getting off track, but now I'm on this tangent. Uh, <laughs> like right. I, hey, I, at least it's a crochet related tangent. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> like a, there's so many of these like AI things that are creating like crocheted items with AI. And if you really look at the picture, you're any any old crocheter that knows different stitches can identify them from the picture. Can look at that and go, "That's AI or AI generated. That's not right. real." But the, the average with the giant everything, right? But the average person doesn't know that, so they see it, they go, "I want this, make it for me," and then they get all upset because we're like, "We can't make that. That's not a real thing." I can find something similar, and that kind of kills some of the sales for people making finished items and not entirely for the most part. I think we still have most creative freedom. There's not a lot of people who are like, I want it identical to this and there's no room for creativity, but (laughs) it's also going into the world of people taking AI pictures and creating patterns with them and selling them online. And they are not the same. Mm -hmm. I actually purchased one knowing it was an AI created one because I wanted to see if it was legitimate Mm. and the pattern does create quote unquote, the item that I purchased. I'm being really vague on purpose um, because I don't want to give someone any type of platform that does not deserve it. Um, and, and this is as controversial as you'll hear me on this podcast. Um, but I, but reading through the pattern, because, you know, I'm a designer, so I do know what certain, and I mean, even if you're not a designer, we know you increase out, you decrease certain ways, it creates different shapes. Most of us know that. Most of us know how, like, like can envision what that will look like based on what the pattern says. I knew looking at it that it was not going to create what the picture showed. In fact, there were color changes in the image that that it was displaying in advertising that weren't even included in the pattern. 
-hmm. And I was like, this is literally going to hurt new creators and established designers. And it's really frustrating. So like there, there are things that are happening on both sides, but I just, I just feel like between the big box stores and the AI generated stuff, it's just, it's starting to like creep into our craft and it's frustrating because it's hurting genuine small businesses and creators. Yeah. Um, and we could probably do a whole episode. Really? We that. could. And I would not be against it if it's something you guys want to hear. But um, yeah. But I I'm think too, like. Cut it off there. <laughs> I think with Ami's, like, you know, you can certainly do the, the big involved ones that take lots of time, but you can yeah. also do the ones that you can whip out real fast. And like, yep. there's just no quick way to make a wearable. Right. Depending on, on what it is. You know, like, you can pick projects that are faster. I mean, if you want to make a plain double crochet little baby beanie, like, yeah, you can whip that up in 20, 30 minutes. But nobody wants a plain double crochet baby beanie. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they want the wanna, intricate stuff. Right. If you want to make something that really actually, mm-hmm. like, catches people's eyes and, like, gets them excited to actually want something, you're talking you know, textured stitches and you're talking, you know, color changes and uh, expensive yarn. And it just... um, It's a lot more time consuming. You kind of are just at a little bit of a a disadvantage. And Mm -hmm. because I, like you said at the beginning of this, I don't think people always necessarily appreciate how much time and effort goes into making something like that. And I don't even think that they necessarily, like, I'm not mad at anybody. For no. That. Like, no, I chose not. to do this, you know? Like, right. And and it's, it's not my place to be upset that you can go get something from a store that's mm-hmm. machine made that has a similar effect, you know? Like, yeah, that and that was not is. my point with the tangent I went on at all. It yeah. was the... Purchasing it from sweatshops and right. basically being borderline slavery. Right. Um, and then trying to imitate something that is just, it doesn't even look that great, if I'm being honest. It, it looks like poorly made. Right. And I'm not talking about the so, people who do like the actual crochet, but the like imitated stuff. I'm just like, it doesn't even look good to me. Right. But. Right. So like there's a difference between, obviously, if somebody's hand making something in a sweatshop and getting paid pennies like that's horrible but yeah. the stuff that's like machine made you know like right machine made that's that's not um I don't even know where I'm going with this but anyway I I think some people some some crocheters or, or knitters or makers can get like upset that the consumer prefers that there's a more affordable option out mm-hmm. there and I don't think that that's like it's not good for you to get in that headspace because you're just going to keep spinning your wheels and like that's right. never I don't think that's ever going to change. Yeah. You just have to find your audience because there are people who value who who one value something handmade and two have the funds to be able to purchase it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Sometimes it's one and not the other. Like I value the handmade and mm-hmm. I understand the work that goes into it. But I myself am not in a position to buy only local small handmade. I wish I was, but that's just not my reality, you know? So it's like, I think the markets can get discouraging if you don't end up with that combination of people where you're just not getting the people in front of you that 
both value the handmade process and have the funds to support it you know yeah definitely. so that can be definitely. I think the most like that can be the most frustrating process is just like finding your target audience and I think that mm-hmm. if I stuck around and I really made it my thing I'm sure that I would eventually find that but right now that's just not my priority yeah and there's nothing wrong with that and yeah. and I hope talking through this portion we still got a couple more questions to ask Jess but I hope talking through this portion gave you guys a little perspective or also maybe you know like reassured you in ways that you were maybe feeling discouraged or not really sure about what direction to go or you know from that end like maybe it was a little bit relatable for you Mm -hmm. um or maybe you're hearing us and you're going you guys are so far off I don't know what the heck you're talking about (laughs) I'm always right. I know everything. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> you guys pray for me, okay? I host a podcast with a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I am not always right. I don't know everything, but I believe in faking it till you make it to a degree. <laughs> All right. Let's go back into these questions because we're, we're almost almost to the end and honestly I'm not really sure um we need to technically go into all these because like the next one says what would you do differently you kind of already said you weren't gonna you didn't think you were gonna do any more of these so I feel like that kind of answers that one I mean unless you can think of something else yeah pretty much I mean I if I were to if I were to pick something to like make it applicable for people mm-hmm. I would maybe do a little more digging to figure out how many other people of my same craft will be there yeah don't um, be afraid to ask the organizers if they repeat types of vendors and how many are going to be there right if they're not willing to answer that question for you um that's a red flag and probably not an event you really want to be a part of. Yeah, if they're if they're dodgy about answering the question yeah. for sure. And I'm not saying if they do repeat vendors, that's a red flag necessarily. Right. Yeah. I, some I'm just saying do, if they're not don't. willing to divvy up that information. Yeah. It's probably a red flag. Right. Um, and I would say also, I, I mean, this market was a weird one for me because I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of prep time for it like it kind of was like oh yeah this is happening and I guess I'm gonna bring my crochet stuff so like it wasn't a super like thoroughly planned out thing anyway but I don't think I would I kind of like left the pricing up to that morning like having to put stickers on things and that was that was the most stressful part of my morning of the setup was like trying to make sure that everything was priced and labeled and I don't think I would save that for the morning of because that was just added stress that that didn't need sure. I would definitely recommend not pricing things the morning of. Yeah. Um, the next question is: Would you do this event again? Don't feel like I mean I feel like you <laughs> no, but <laughs> so I said this multiple times at this event. I said, man, you know, if it was if it was a colder day and I had my hot cocoa bombs at this event, I would have done really well. I just, like, I've got a feel for, like, 
Yeah. I have a much better handle on my target demographic with my other business than I do with crochet because I've done way more markets with right. my hot cocoa bombs. And I could just tell I would have done really well that day, which sucked because then the next event that I did with them where I did bring my hot cocoa bombs, it was like the total opposite with traffic. So I'm like, man, I just really got my, my stuff mixed up here. She's got the short but, end of the stick on that one. But yeah, that particular event, no, I, I don't think <clears> I would do my crochet again with that one because it was um but I don't know it's like with that exact set of circumstances no I would not but if it was that event again and I wasn't one of five and I wasn't at the very end of the layout Mm -hmm. maybe maybe I would yeah it's it's so hard to say I mean there's so many different factors Mm -hmm. in in if you would or you wouldn't you know like there's one show where I did do really well. There were five crocheters there. All of us were Ami crocheters. Um, you know, some of us had similar stuff. Some of us have very different stuff. Um, I still did really well, but I truly, I mean, I can pretty confidently say, not 100%, but co- pretty confidently say that if there had been two of us or me just there, I would have sold out, no problem. Yeah. So, yeah, um, obviously don't go into a crazy ton of detail on this one because we're going to make it a whole other episode. But uh, mm-hmm. when's your next market? Um, yeah, so I did have another market <laughs> where I where I sort of sold some crochet stuff. Um, I mean, I did. Uh, it was not exclusive. So it was a hot cocoa bomb market technically but I do bring a little bit of crochet and I get Mm -hmm. asked that a lot like in my lives people will be like oh do you do you bring crochet too when you do hot cocoa bombs like do you bring your crochet mark stuff you should um I don't for the most part like I I wouldn't want to combine the two because I feel like that's really muddying the waters like I want to be very clear about what it is that I'm selling at my booth like I feel like it would be convoluted to have hot cocoa bombs and then also crochet headbands over here you know like I just I'm not into that but um a way in which I have worked in my crochet in a in a small way um is with my hot cocoa bombs I will also do a little gift set and the first couple years I did it I just have like ceramic mugs and so you get a mug and then you pair it with any bomb for twenty dollars And then last year I was like, oh, you know what I could do is I could crochet some cup cozies and pair them with the little Dollar Tree like uh, travel cups that look like a Starbucks cup, basically. Um, Yeah. And that way people could pick if they want to do a ceramic mug with a bomb as as a set or they can do the travel cup with a cozy and a set. And so... um, this is actually a great conversation that we're having because I'm realizing that I need to make some Christmas ones now. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> all the ones I have are, are fall tags, um, which means I need to engrave some Christmas tags for myself because I don't have any currently. Um, <laughs> I need to make some of those. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I I did have some at my, my uh, next market. I mean, it's already happened, but next market sequentially from the one we're talking about Mm -hmm. today. Um, And we're going to talk about that in 
our next ep- or not the next episode in an upcoming episode in an upcoming episode yeah see we'll you know what's funny is is i i understand the muddying the waters thing but i don't fully di- agree with you there because i feel like and i could see you having success making other gift sets too besides just like the coffee sleeves or the mugs like i could totally see how cute it would be to do like mittens with a hot cocoa bomb or a beanie with a hot cocoa bomb like obviously i know you're not gonna be able to do like the mandalas or you know maybe some of the like wall decor and things yeah but you could even do i mean i could even see you doing like little cute like gift pouches or baskets to put hot cocoa bombs and things i mean mm-hmm. you know like I can envision ways that you could implement crochet into hot cocoa bombs quite a bit where it doesn't steal the show from them, but it complements them really well and makes it more appealing in terms of like as gift sets. Right. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of stuff I could do for sure. I just don't want to. <laughs> like, no, but really, like, think about this. Could you imagine doing, like, my Grinch beanies or my Grinch headbands with your Grinch bomb? Yes. No, we people talked about will, that, and that would people be People will lose cute. their minds. I really, truly think you should do it. Yeah. I just don't think I have time. <laughs> That's her um, telling me to shut up because the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> like, legitimately, it's... Man, I... I barely have enough time to make my hot cocoa bomb inventory, let alone like do additional stuff on top of that. So I think it would, I think it would be fun to take some as an experiment one time Mm -hmm. and just, and see how it goes. Um, But that's going to be contingent on if I can find some extra time to do that. (laughs) Totally. This episode is somber the right word. I don't know. Low we key. preach, yeah, we preached a little bit. I feel like it was a good one, though, still. Like, mm-hmm. like even though this market wasn't one that is what you would hope for, it didn't turn out really great, you learned still. And I think mm-hmm. that is really, like, the main point to drive home, is that not every market is going to be a good one. Um, you're going to have flops. We all have them. Mm-hmm. But it's really about perspective and going one of two ways. If this is what you're passionate about, then don't let a flop discourage you. View it for what it is. You got you put yourself out there. You learned things. You practiced. You marketed yourself. And you there's still valuable pieces to that. Or if you're not really sure where you want to go with your hobby or your business, um... Maybe it gave you a perspective of, oh, maybe markets are not for me. Maybe I want to go a different direction. Right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Husband Yarn Exchange Project. If you're sick of spending your hard-earned money on yarn and you have a spare husband laying around, we have an exciting opportunity for you. The Husband Yarn Exchange Project offers unlimited yarn at the price of selling your spouse. We guarantee he's going to... A better place and you'll never be in want of yarn again don't hesitate schedule your free consultation today with the husband yarn exchange project um my favorite time always it is time for <laughs> shut up and take my money the part of the podcast where you shut up and we take your money i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, she finally said it. <laughs> so you are being robbed actively. Thank you. And we will rob you for legal reasons. This is a joke. Um, no, we're not taking your money. You don't have to shut up because we can't hear you anyways. So yeah, you can yell as loud as you want. Scream at me weird, if you like. But it's a free country. Megs, you dumb idiot. Anyways, <laughs> Jess has a lovely shut up and take my money for us today. Yeah. Usually when we do the market recap ones, we try and do something that's related to markets mm-hmm. because, you know, we're in that mood and we're, we're trying to make your lives easier. So I will share something that I bought at the end, like toward the end of last market season for me that has been a very good investment that I have enjoyed having for my markets. Um, It was on my list of something that I wanted to buy for like forever. And it was after, I think it was after my big Christmas market last year where I was like, all right, I made a good amount of money. I'm pulling the trigger and I'm buying these chairs. So I bought chairs that are specifically designed for markets, trade shows, events, that kind of thing. They're the kind that kind of look like um, like you would think of like a movie director yeah. chair mm-hmm. where they fold up nicely. They're very compact, so they fold up. Um, they have some height to them, which is small. really nice. Yes. And that I think is what sets them apart is like, it's not like a, it's not just like a camping chair. Like it is made for trade shows is that they do sit up higher Mm -hmm. because everybody knows in general, you want to avoid like slinking down into some lawn chair where you're like, you know, basically, yeah, hidden like back behind or, you know, underneath your table. Um, These chairs allow you to sit up higher so that you can be more at eye level with people as they're walking by, but you don't necessarily have to be standing the entire day um, in order to achieve that. So I really like that it gives you the ability to sit up a little higher and be more at eye level with people, but you're not committed to like being on your feet for hours and hours if that's something that's just not doable for you. Um, These chairs specifically, what I love about them and, and, you know, as always, we'll, we'll link them in the Amazon storefront. Um, what I love specifically about them is that they have like storage with them. So they have these little tray tables that also fold. So you can have it folded down or you can fold it up and it's got a little cup holder. So you got a place to set your drink. Um, it's got a, you know, a nice little tray where you can set, you know, if you're working on a crochet project when there's, you know, when it dies down, you can set that there or whatever, you know, whatever you've got. Um, and then it also has like, the the seat and the back of the chair is like a like a black canvas material and then there's also a canvas um material that's strapped to like the side of the chair and it's got a zipper pouch that you can keep like you know maybe your car keys like some stuff that you don't want sitting out necessarily and it also has i believe like three different little vertical like pouches so usually i'll use one of those pouches to like slide my phone into it's like the perfect size for a phone And then if I'm crocheting, if I've got like a crochet project out, I'll stick like my scissors or my hooks in one of the other pouches. Um, You could put some snacks in there. Like it's just, it's really nice. It's it's like this, it's like this market tactical chair. It really is. (laughs) And so at one of her markets, um, when I was with her, we had them and very comfortable chairs. I was like, Mm -hmm. I want these. Where did you get these? So they are Definitely yeah. And it also it also has a little um, 
footrest thing that yeah. folds down and you can like velcro it into place or whatever um which is nice because since you're sitting up higher off the ground like your legs are basically dangling if you don't <laughs> if you don't have a little footrest yep um unless you're super tall so um so that's nice too and they also come with a really nice carry case bag that has handles and it, it zips all the way up so um it's easy to carry if you are at a place where you can't like park and unload right there at your spot if you have to carry them a little farther it's it's got a nice bag with handles and it also um it also protects the chairs when you're loading them in and out of a car or a truck or something they're a little more protected in the bag so they're not super cheap they're definitely an investment but if you're somebody who's doing markets regularly and you want to have something that is comfortable and clean looking and gives you a little bit of storage for just you know your random things that you've got on you your phone whatever um Mm -hmm. i i think it's a great great investment i've had them for about a year now and i love them yeah so check them out cool 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 um, well, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Megza? No. 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 All right. Well, this is uh this has been this has been an episode. Yeah, it is. Congrats everyone. We did it. We recorded <laughs> yet another one. We did it again. Go us. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like like Mike said, this is this is kind of a kind of a different one because um yeah, it's just a, a <laughs> not as like goofy and and joking esque. A lot more like seriousness, but not in a like <clears throat> angry type of way or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's one of those things where like you know you could choose to be upset about a market that didn't go the way you wanted it to, and. It's one of those things where you just kind of acknowledge like, yep, that was a little disappointing. And then you just take what you can out of it and and you move on, you know? So that's like, that's what it is. So I just want you guys to know, like, if you're in the same boat and you've had a few markets in a row that just haven't gone the way you wanted them to, like, it's okay to acknowledge that it was disappointing. Um, Sometimes people, I've had this, like, I've had this happen to me too, where people are like, oh, well, you know, if you made back what you put in, then it was a success. And yeah, that's true. But also sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a slap in the face if that's happened to you multiple times where it's like, I'm trying to make a, I'm trying to have a business, you know? And Mm -hmm. by the time you set up and tear down and it's like, I made $20 back of what I put in, that doesn't feel like a success. Um, It just doesn't, you know? Right. Um, it feels, it feels frustrating and disappointing. So like I am there with you. I get that feeling. Um, and for me, the, the clarity of coming out of that is that I'm, I'm going to shift my attentions to something else. Um, for you, you might be arriving at that same conclusion yourself. And if so, that's okay. Yeah. You're not a failure if you decide you want to pivot and do something else. Um, but if that's not you and you really want to see yourself get to a point where markets are successful for you, please do not listen to this episode and think, oh, well, if Jess had a few flops and I've had a few flops, that means I need to be done too. Like if this is something you want to do, 
man, go for it. Yeah. Like, do not let this stop you. It's, Absolutely. Like, learn what you can and keep going mm-hmm. if this is your dream. It's a marathon. Um, it's not a sprint. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, wh- wherever you're at on on the spectrum of that, I just wish you guys all the success and just keep going because that's all any of us can do at the end of the day. It's just keep going. You know, keep doing what you can. Keep learning, keep growing, and uh, have fun with it, you know? And also, on top of that, crochet, drink coffee, and be kind. <laughs> okay, bye! Crochet bays. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah.